The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? We did just want to include a trigger warning right at the top of this episode. On this episode, we're going to discuss some mental health issues. Um, So if you may be struggling yourself or anything like that may bring up some emotions for you, we just wanted to give you a forewarning that we do talk about mental health quite heavily on this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And it, it is... Look, look. <laughs> I already told Sasha that my brain is having a hard time waking up today, and it clearly is. <laughs> I was just going to say it's beautiful right now in Nebraska, and I just couldn't even, like, formulate the words. But it is. So I have my windows like actually open. Yeah. That means any random noises you might hear in the background. I really don't care today because it's like 75 degrees outside and I'm taking advantage of that. Uh, Sasha, how are you? (laughs) I was just going to say, I took full advantage of that this morning. It's been so damn humid here in Nebraska Mm -hmm. and, and it's officially 12 weeks out from the good life half Z. So I needed Ooh. to get my ass out and get my miles in this morning, but it was perfect. I've done absolutely that. gorgeous. It is. I've done that half marathon, by the way, it's a very, it's a really good, it's a really good race. It's like a good route. Um, I think they do such a nice job. It doesn't usually mm-hmm. work out for me in the falls because of my schedule, but it's a really good race. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I, the first I don't know if it was the good life halves that I did, but I did a half marathon last year, but mm. I had to run it by myself, obviously, because there wasn't in-person racing. Um, so the only thing that sucks about this for me right now is the neighborhood that we just moved into has a lot, a lot of hills. Ooh. And I'm trying to get my time under two hours because I was at 2.13 the first time. I realized 13 minutes is a, like a lot. It's mm. like a, it's a mile, it's a minute, a mile. Um, but it's been difficult just because there's so many Hills. So automatic, I mean, your time automatically slows down because you don't run the same speed as you do in a straight line as you do up a hill. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, but. that's kind of how I felt. I yesterday decided to go out for a run just for no reason other than just to do it because it's so nice. And yeah. Uh, same thing. If you're on a straight, there's this one path where it's pretty flat. And so like my speed gets a lot quicker and it's almost like, it's almost a little deceptive because then I start to hit Hills or I start to, um, just kind of get to a point where it's not quite as easy. And yeah, Yeah. if you can just have a flat path, it's nice, but it's not always that it's not always that way. (laughs) Pretty, pretty brutal. But I figure I'll do a, a couple flat runs and I, I'll be good. And I should, my time is around 918 when I'm on flat. Well, so. and that, that is a nice, um, that good life halvesy is a pretty flat run, which is nice. Yeah. Although I will say 
I, I don't, didn't truly understand what like a flat race was like until I did a half marathon marathon in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly flat. Like, I mean, no incline at all. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't have like a watch or a whoop at the time that really like showed me that true elevation. But at the time I remember thinking like, I am absolutely going nowhere. Like, I mean, I'm going somewhere, but I'm not going up and down anywhere. I'm like completely flat. It was really nice, but it was just a very bizarre feeling because I'm used to what I think is flat in Nebraska is actually not as flat as you think there's still hills. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. I'm excited for it. I'm actually running market to market the month prior to that. So basically what I'm saying is I'm running a lot. And uh, I'm glad that the weather has kind of figured itself out a little bit here this week. So (laughs) I know I was looking and it looks like it's going to get warmer again. So that's why I'm like, I have to take advantage. I have the windows open. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, what's that sound? I hear birds chirping or something. You, you, that is quite literally what you could potentially hear because (laughs) at this point I don't, yeah, I don't care. It's very, it it could be potentially very soothing for all of us. Yes. Well, first, I just want to say after last week's episode, which was very fun as far as like just a mailbag is concerned. So thank you to Sky for the question on uh, the drinking game, because (laughs) he definitely prompted a lot of responses from people who continued to roast us. And I realized that I have a lot of things that you all like to make fun of. And I'm, again, only slightly offended. I had multiple people who started like tweeting at me going, but what about this? What about this? And I'm just like, yikes, everyone. (laughs) Easy. I I mean, I said to roast me, but maybe like spread it out over a week. Give me one a day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am now going to be more cognizantly aware of the things I guess that I'm (laughs) offering you, but the reality is there's only so much I can do. I'm going to inevitably say those things, do those things. We got one of them away before we even like started recording. So it's true. We're good. I I noted before we started recording that my, my computer has, here's the thing. (laughs) My computer that I have right now from work is a little bit over a year old with me. And I just run computers through the ringer with the amount of programs that I run on them. If you're ever wondering what it's like to be any kind of content creator, your phone, your computers, any, anything that you use regularly, just get like an extreme workout. Yeah. I used to be able to solve this problem by restarting my computer, shutting it down at night, just giving it a rest. We have now hit that point where none of it matters anymore. (laughs) So it does not, it just doesn't matter if I have too many things open on my computer and even right now thinking like I've closed a lot of my tabs. It doesn't matter. My computer has just decided I'm tired and I would like an extended break. Right. So (laughs) it's fine. It's fine, but it is actually being relatively chill today. So thank you. Thank you, MacBook for, for being cooperative because I, I would like to be able to hear the birds outside and not necessarily my computer taking flight. But as we promised last week in this episode, which we kind of got on this, it's actually been a very interesting week in Olympic world because we we spoke a little bit at the beginning of the previous podcast about Simone Biles and the Olympics and mental health, but knew we really just wanted to talk about her more. And when I say it's been an interesting week, it really has because over this last week, uh, more more started to... So originally when we were recording that past that the previous episode, all we knew is that Simone had uh, 
basically pulled herself out of the team the team finals competition she at the time uh very like again we were recording with really limited knowledge because a lot was still coming out at that point but she ultimately said you know her mental health this was in a really bad really bad place she was in a bad space personally um as we now know it was it's been a case of the twisties for her which for other people who are maybe more more uh, used to what are the yips in some mm-hmm. sports. It's similar to that. The twisties in, in the most basic sense in gymnastics. And I know a little bit about this from when I tumbled, but I, I was nowhere just a big truck driving by. I was like, was that a dragon? Yeah, just, it wasn't a bird, just a big truck just driving by. just doesn't care. Um, what, what we know about the twisties and like I said, having a little bit of knowledge from tumbling myself is like, it basically is you lose your place in the air. You mm-hmm. are twisting and you don't know where you're at. So when gymnasts are doing anything from vault to floor routines with those tumbling passes, which Simone does just absolutely insane tumbling passes. Like mm-hmm. she is, she is at a level that is almost hard to comprehend. Yeah. And she's so fast at it that you don't realize what's going on while she's doing it. Like you almost need a slow-mo replay. (laughs) You're almost looking at it. Like it's people, I think, look at it like, Oh, it's so, it's so easy, but she's making it look that way with, for a gymnast, they're always keeping their eyes locked on the floor. Like they're looking, they need to be aware of where they're at in the air at all times, because any movement that goes wrong could be catastrophic. And in fact, listening to, um, Lori, she was on the uh, 2016 team with Simone. She's been doing a lot of, uh, Lori Hernandez, she's been doing a lot of uh, commentary for the Peacock channel. Mm -hmm. She, when Simone did the vault that she ultimately, that was like the moment where she's like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. Listening to Lori's reaction to that vault and they did slow it down and her realizing she's lost where she's at. Like she doesn't know where she's at in the air. And so she's, she's so good and so talented that her body knows how to at least land itself on her feet so that she doesn't get massively injured. But like one little wrong move could have been just absolutely catastrophic for Simone. And so what ended up happening is she, she withdrew from the, the women's team final. She ended up withdrawing from individual events as well. Uh, we do know at this time of recording, she ended up determining that she was okay to continue on the balance beam, ended up earning a bronze medal for that, which is incredibly exciting for mm-hmm. her, which we can dive more into just these Olympics. But I, the thing that was just very disappointing for me afterwards, and I guess really quick before we kind of get into that, I just want to be clear about who Simone Biles is. And also make that a drinking game when I say I just want to be clear because, <laughs> but I do. I think we need to take a moment to truly appreciate Simone Biles because we said she is the goat. She has 32 Olympic and World Championship medals. This is updated with her most recent bronze. She is one of the most decorated gymnasts of all time in the world. She um, has seven Olympic medals. Um, She has the most Olympic medals by any American female gymnast. She is sincerely the greatest of all time. She's incredibly dominant. We mentioned this last week. Her her skills are not evaluated fairly against other people Mm -hmm. because she's being evaluated against herself. She, 
she is absolutely, absolutely bonkers. She has just, I mean, she's been, she's been tumbling in a part of gymnastics since she was six years old. She is now what? 24. Yeah. She Mm -hmm. just turned 24. She has been doing this for 18 years, right? Am I doing the math correctly? Yes. (laughs) I didn't know if I was doing the math correctly. She has been in gymnastics and at a high level for a very, very long time. And in that time, she has been subjected to abuse by the United States Association of Gymnastics. The USAG USAG, um, allowed a abuser to continue to have access to athletes. And as we now know, um, went on for a very long time. Simone was one of them. We linked in the previous episode show notes, the story where she talked about having that realization and making that first, um, having that first conversation with her mom about that realization. And a lot of the reason that she chose to continue in the, in the sport and to continue competing and come back is because she understands her platform and fears. If she leaves, what happens? Who ends up being the voice? Does the attention on this go away? Mm -hmm. So Simone is carrying more than just her talent. She is carrying the weights of so many other gymnasts and what she believes can be a better, better sport for mm-hmm. all a more inclusive sport, a safer sport. She, she is truly, truly the greatest of all time for every reason that she's been given to this date. And now in my opinion, she is even more of a goat because of her speaking up, speaking out and choosing to focus on her mental health. When there are so many people in this world right now who want to, who want to tear her down right. for that decision. So I think I, there one thing that I do want to note really quick, just for anybody, because most people don't understand the twisties and how that can severely F with your head. Like you get it in your head that you didn't know on that one vault. And then everything you do after that, it's kind of in your head, you know, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. something that I just thought of in comparison is like, if anyone's ever tried or done a box jump, mm. Sometimes you miss and you hit your shins because you don't know where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then you're scared to continue to try. Like that would be like a common world. Like not everyone's tried a box jump, but something that you've tried to do or like riding a bike when you were a kid and you fell off and then you were scared to ride your bike because you like got a skinned knee or something like obviously on Simone's level, it's a way bigger deal but I'm just trying to like illustrate for people, like what that is like in your brain. Yeah. And it was super disappointing that she had to go on Instagram and basically show what the twisties are like. So breaking down her own footage in practice where she's showing you on the uneven bars and how, as she's, she's, um, doing the dismount, she is lost and she's going into a foam pit. So it's safe. But if she wasn't into, you know, landing in a foam pit, how dangerous that could be. Mm-hmm. People are asking, how long does it take to get over the twisties? And she's like, you know, it can take a couple of weeks. It can take a couple of months. It can take, it just takes as long as you need. And I, I think what Simone has done, at least in my eyes personally, is 
really truly bring once again to the forefront the fact that mental health is health. Yep. And your your brain is a muscle. Your brain is one of the most powerful muscles in your body. It is not just strong, but it has every it has all of the power in the world to make everything else you do impossible. Mm-hmm. It is something where I've appreciated Sasha's. You've been very, very open and honest on Twitter in the last week about your personal struggles with mental health. Uh, Sadie, your co-host with Meathead Test Kitchen has done the Mm -hmm. same. In fact, I will say I appreciated like a Sadie was traveling Mm -hmm. and she was kind of allowing people to live that moment of what she was experiencing through that travel and showing that like your mental health is going to, you don't get to choose right. when suddenly your brain has decided like middle this finger. is the time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I saw one too many of these. I saw one too many. And I'm, I, I understand we have a good number of white straight men listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I, I shouldn't have to offer this and I don't think I have to for any of our listeners, but I, I do want to just, I do just want to be very open and honest with how I say this. A lot of the feedback that I saw in this way were coming from straight white men. Mm-hmm. And it was this idea of, well, Tom Brady wouldn't do that to his team. Tom Brady would never. First you, and foremost. First, you don't know that. <laughs> one, you don't know Tom, right. but two, Tom is also in a very different position than someone like, mm-hmm. say, Simone Biles. He, yes, plays a very dangerous sport himself, but he plays on a team where if he's not having the best day, he has pieces around him that can make up mm-hmm. for that or can help out. If you're a coach and you're realizing your quarterback is having an off day, mm-hmm. because maybe he's passing, his passing Poorly. is off. Yeah you're maybe going to run the ball a little bit more, or maybe you bring in a backup, your Mm -hmm. backup quarterback to help out. Like, which has happened to Tom Brady before, by the way. Yes. I mean, it's just the reality of like, not every athlete is going to be on or perfect at all times. Mm -hmm. And to use Tom as sort of this, like to use someone like Tom as this like benchmark just felt, it made me, it made me kind of sick to my stomach Mm -hmm. because when we talk about things like systemic racism and systemic misogyny, there was a lot of that wrapped up into that conversation. It was this idea of look at this, look at this greatest of all time in this other sport. But my point here is the reason I'm saying Tom specifically is there have been other goats in their respective sports, Mm -hmm. like LeBron James, Serena Williams, um, Naomi Osaka, who have come forward and spoken about their mental health and more often than not, they're met with criticism for being weak, Mm -hmm. for not being strong. I mean, when Serena Williams, for example, came forward a few years ago to talk about how she struggled so significantly with postpartum depression and her whole thing was just wanting to change the narrative of how women look at themselves after giving birth. Mm -hmm. Here's the greatest in the world at at one of the greatest tennis players of all time saying I had days where I didn't know if I wanted to continue on. Mm -hmm. Like she saying 
like, I'm just going to, I'll link all of these stories that I'm reading from, but this was something that she said at the time, which Vogue linked in their story on her. I read several articles that said postpartum emotions can last up to three years if they're not dealt with. I like communication best. Talking through things with my mom, my sisters, my friends, let me know that my feelings are totally normal. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can normalize these these feelings, these, the fact that like our brains are such powerful muscles that can take us in any which way at Mm -hmm. any given time, the more that we can all be better equipped to support one another and also understand. Yeah. I a hundred, I think that that like, honestly, Simone speaking out about that, um, Serena's like any, any high profile athlete, I think like them telling and sharing their truth is super important. One to the broader picture of just normalizing mental health because it's been taboo for so damn long, too damn long. And it's still to a certain degree is, as we can see, anytime someone speaks about their mental health, they're always, uh, without a doubt will be met with criticism of some kind in some way, shape or form. But I think too, realizing that we put these athletes and broader, we obviously, um, but we put these athletes on these pedestals and then act like when they, when they are human and being human and speaking their truths, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you. You're so weak. They're, human beings, just Mm -hmm. like you and me. I just want to keep, I want to just give some examples. So I mentioned LeBron James. He Mm. has been incredibly vocal for most of his career in the importance of mental health and mental fitness for his game and how, Mm. um, he, he acknowledges like how much that plays a role in just about everything else that he does. Um, you have again, Simone Biles in this last week, really leading the way here, Serena Williams, who has spoken of, of about postpartum depression, Naomi Osaka, who spoke about anxiety and her, um, just her own mental health, um, as she was having to do interviews and speaking to people in capacities that weren't making her feel, good. Um, Simone Manuel, who's an Olympic gold medalist, uh, Olympic gold medalist swimmer. And, um, she has shared that she has suffered from overtraining syndrome and depression. Um, she became the first black American woman to win an individual swimming gold medal at the 2016 Rio Olympic games, but all of that stress, um, accompanied with her depression. And I'm going to link this, this is coming from the Washington post that she said caused irritability, appetite disruptions, and fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And in this Washington Post article, I appreciated one of the psychologists that they spoke with from Northwestern said the experience of Black women being in pain that's unacknowledged is a common one. The pain is there despite still performing with excellence. The fact that they can name it and attend to it is liberating people, is liberating people from carrying it in secret. And I I do want to be clear, there are a number of, gosh, I keep saying and to be clear, my apologies if you're now keeping count. But I I just, I, I think I say that to myself to remind myself that, you know, when we talk about 
the athletes that speak up, they are predominantly athletes of color and Mm -hmm. predominantly black women. And that's not to say that they're the only ones suffering from this because when I bring up LeBron James and his own openness on mental health and how important it is to take care of yourself, I think of the athletes, the all three of these that I'm going to mention are white men, but I'm going to start here. Kevin Love in 2017 had a panic attack during a game, which led him to share a story with the Players Tribune about his own personal battle with anxiety and depression. One of the very, very first people to speak up in support of Kevin Love was LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love, if you haven't read it and we can link it, his the story is to anybody going through it has become not only an advocate for himself and mental health within his sport and beyond, but he's also become an exceptional ally. Mm -hmm. He, he is somebody who, when he sees other athletes speak up on this, he's first to respond. He was one of the first to reach out and show love and support to Simone Biles over this last week with what she's going on. In fact, I do want to read what he said because I appreciate the fact that he is so willing. So he shared an Instagram post and I'm pulling this up um, just so that way I don't misspeak on his behalf. Um, He said, question, why the F can't we be accepting or even open to the idea of someone breaking down to have a breakthrough? People are scared Mm -hmm. of facing their insecurities and perceived weaknesses, me being one of them. And let's be real. Everyone has their own set. This is because we use these insecurities and weaknesses against each other. What I have found and believe to be true is that once your insecurities are out in the open, this becomes, this becomes your weapon, therefore disarming everyone else. You can't use it against me. Understand this by being open about your struggles, you flip vulnerabilities into victories. The mental freedom comes in knowing once you put yourself out there, the other side is a reward of community and belonging to Simone and others who have openly shared their story. You are helping many continue to lean into discomfort and vulnerability. Do not deny your story, defy the ending to those who aren't venturing out into the arena. We are all raised to believe emotions aren't worthy of our attention. I recall reading a fitting term once emotion phobic. This isn't a way to live. Your perspective are understood, but no one benefits from withholding compassion. We are tribal beings. Why don't we start acting like it? He, mm-hmm. he, again, when we talk about allyship, I believe Kevin Love has really stepped into his role to really not only be an advocate for himself, but for others and to really step up and be an ally. And I appreciate that about him. And I don't think it's lost on him that when he was struggling, a lot of the athletes that came forward in support of him were mostly athletes of color. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we have, we have just so many instances now where Michael Phelps has talked about his struggles with mental health. Andrew Luck retired from the NFL to put attention on his, he admitted he was, and this is his quote, a sad, miserable human. And he left a sport that he'd worked so hard for. And people at the time, I remember like, thought he was like what are you doing how could you do this honestly lack for a better word the way that people treated him like it was like he was crazy yeah and that is why we talk about how important words are because imagine being Andrew Luck you're already in your head Mm -hmm. 
you're already feeling like, again, a sad, miserable human in his words, and people are out there calling you crazy. Right. What does that do to you? Well, and that's, I think that, that, um, athletes like coming out and saying these things is super important, obviously for a many onion, <laughs> this, this onion has layers. Um, mm-hmm. but honestly, I think it, it generates a conversation if yes. nothing else. And, um, and being, we always talk about that on this podcast, but this honestly is something I'm super, almost swore, super right. passionate about. And I think that having these conversations is super, these conversations is super important just to keep it going, to normalize it. We say it all the time, the more you have those conversations, the more it becomes normal. It stops being a news story. Mm-hmm. Every time an athlete or person comes out and says something like this and speaks their truth, it stops being a news story because it's normal. Mm-hmm. And Considered normal. I think it's so important for us, those of us with privilege to Mm -hmm. step back as well and say, and this is, this is when we talk about that privilege does not mean your life is easy. Privilege does not say that you don't battle your own, your own vices and your Mm -hmm. own mental health. And you don't have these things that are very unique to you. What it says is as a, for me personally, I can't, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, but as a white woman, um, things haven't been as difficult as they could have been for me. I will say as a woman in a, a, in an industry dominated by men, I am often met with, I'm too emotional. Mm. I'm too loud. I'm too this. I'm, I'm, I'm too fat. I'm too this. Like I'm too, I've, I've never been told I'm too skinny. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, but like, I've been told I'm a lot. And there are a lot of times where I feel like, am I making this up in my head? If, is the way that I'm feeling, and this is coming from somebody who, again, has a point of privilege. So mm-hmm. like, that is not to say that like, if you're a straight white man, that you don't have, you know, your own set of challenges in your own. Right. It's the fact that I will be honest with you. Yes, Michael Phelps has received plenty of backlash for him speaking up about mental health. Kevin Love certainly um, received a lot of it too. Andrew Luck was the butt of a lot of jokes. But if you can't go and see the difference in how those individuals were spoken Mm -hmm. about in comparison to how LeBron James was spoken about, I don't know how, I I don't think I'll ever be able to, I don't think you have to really be able to go look at those things and just go, yes, the way that people are speaking about LeBron is very different than the way that they were speaking about Kevin. I've seen just horrific things said about LeBron to a point where I'm like, I hope to God his children never see these things, but they will. Because here's the thing, when you go on the internet or you're having conversations and we actually talk about this quite a bit on this podcast too, that like a lot of the conversations happen behind closed doors in your homes with your family and your friends when you make comments like what Simone did was lazy, it was Mm -hmm. quitting. She Mm -hmm. was quitting on her team. She's a quitter. What, um, Kevin love did was, um, I I remember when he came forward and people called him weak, uh, what 
somebody did was crazy using these words and saying these, whether it's openly on social media or behind closed doors with friends and family. The Olympians are never going to hear this. Simone Biles is never going to hear your words. Naomi Osaka is never going to hear your words, but your friends and your family are, and they are now going to know. Your husband, your aunt, your uncle, your children who may be struggling on their own are hearing you say these things. And how do you think that makes them feel? They're not going to come talk to you. Why would they? Because you just made them feel super uncomfortable because of what you said about somebody else who will never hear what you said. And think if you are somebody who you look around and you see the people that you, you thought supported you and cared about you feeling this way about those individuals, you probably start to feel like what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Why can't I solve this? Because the thing when we talk about mental health and I, we all have our own, we all have our own things. And, you know, I've always long said this, I was in a really serious car accident. I have thankfully not had PTSD from that. Mm -hmm. And I really truly like, for whatever reason, that was something that my brain healed from. Yeah. But there are so many people whether they were in that accident with me or people who were in accidents similar or who have been in really traumatic experiences who did not have that luxury that like, I mean, I, I look at that as like, I was very fortunate, mm-hmm. but that is not the reality for all. So just because I was able to like move forward from that in a yeah. way that I, in the way that I was is not the case for everyone. Now, with that said, I have determined, I like, I have discovered Um, as I've gotten into my adult life that I am a very just naturally anxious person. I get Mm -hmm. very anxious about things and that anxiety is what what has driven things like my imposter syndrome. It's actually what led me to my primary care physician one time where, you know how, when you go to the doctor, they ask you questions to see, like they, they have to ask you a series of questions. Those questions have never captured what I was feeling. So I finally just said to my primary care physician, like, I don't know what to do, but I'm lacking motivation to a degree that like, it, it doesn't just feel like I'm tired today. Oh, I should have gotten more sleep. Like, it's literally like, no matter what I do, I wake up and I just don't want to do anything. I don't want to accomplish anything, but then I spend the rest of the day feeling terrible that I didn't accomplish. And it's just this vicious cycle. And I really appreciated because he looked at me and he's like, you know, your mental health is your health and you may need to go talk with somebody. And maybe, maybe there, maybe we need to look into ways to get you just like if you came in with the flu and you get medicine, like maybe Mm -hmm. there are things that we need to do, but like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to start kind of really evaluating this for yourself and understand that this is your health. This isn't just a thing you're making up in your head. This Mm -hmm. is your health. And I appreciated him seeing me in that moment because it was probably one of the first times I would say like a doctor was not like, what's physically wrong. It's like, what's going on with you? What's going on? Mm -hmm. What, what are you feeling? And that is not exponentially. Yeah. I was going to say sometimes it's not easy to articulate how you are feeling inside out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, you know, again, why it's important to have these conversations because maybe somebody that, you know, has similar 
internal thoughts or internal feelings or what have you and can't articulate them. And then just by saying it out loud, they might be like, oh my goodness, I'm experiencing some of those similar symptoms. And either maybe that means they reach out to you, but it, I guarantee you starts a conversation somewhere, even if it's small, even if it's saying, I don't feel right. Having these conversations is worth just that. I don't feel right. And the admitting out loud to yourself or to somebody else that something's up, like we all struggle, like that's how life is. But I think without these conversations, you, you don't get anywhere. And then, then you feel stuck. Or like you said, you, you feel like there's, there's something just wrong with you. Like I shouldn't feel this way. Why am I like this? Well, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Maybe it means that there's just something that needs to be addressed. doesn't mean there's something yes. wrong. I mean, if you broke your, if you broke your arm, you wouldn't yeah. sit in your house and go, it'll be fine. It'll fix itself. You would go to the doctor and you'd have them look at it. You'd have x-rays and you would come up with a game plan for the best way to heal it. Mm-hmm. There's no difference with your brain. And the fact that like our minds have always been this sort of like it's like faux pas to talk about it it's Mm -hmm. like it's the same thing that leads to like people not wanting to talk about addiction because it's this idea that like yeah but you know what nothing about it is embarrassing because like honestly Sasha like reading your um your tweets your thread that you shared and having you know had very open conversations with you previously Mm -hmm. about just the challenges that you have faced honestly makes me feel two things so much closer to you because I feel like I can, I can like relate in some mm-hmm. ways where like maybe the things that like how you reacted weren't the way I react, but like I can see similarities and that makes me feel less alone, mm-hmm. but also makes me just insanely proud of you because it's like when we acknowledge that people get up every day and have to deal with a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And they, they get up and they work really hard and maybe some days don't work really hard, but still whatever they did worked was working really hard. Like they're, right. I, oh, I'm always hesitant with that because working really hard has layers, yeah. but my point just is like, it makes me just so massively proud because it's like, good for you. Like maybe not every day looks the same, but you're getting up and you're crushing it and you're doing right. stuff. And maybe it doesn't feel like that to you every single day, but like, damn, you certainly make me feel less alone. And it like, and there's, there's so many mental, i always want to say health afflictions, but mental health, there's so many different things out there that people can suffer from. Like personally for me, I have borderline personality disorder. If you look up all the traits and you knew me 12 years ago, every single one of them, I was impulsive. I couldn't control my anger. I, I had, I didn't have the order of operations in your brain just works different. I, instead of, you know, using cognitive functions, I'd use an entirely separate part of my brain for the things that people would normally use to think cognitively. But it took me a really, really long time to be comfortable to say that stuff out loud because I was embarrassed. I thought instantaneously by speaking them out loud, all of a sudden I was lesser than, or I didn't deserve to be where I'm at, regardless of how hard I worked to get there. But it took me a long time to accept that about myself. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just a part of who I am. And it takes work. Uh, It's like, like, 
sorry, keep going. I was going to say, it's like, like we keep referring to the brain as a muscle. A lot of people spend a lot of time in the gym Mm. (laughs) to build muscle. Why wouldn't you spend just as much time and care on your brain? It, it runs everything in your body. It is in charge of everything in your body. And that's the thing that's like, so bonkers with like, what's gone on with like Simone is because if her brain is not able to like connect with Mm -hmm. her, the rest of her body, why are you asking her to do some of the world's most dangerous things and potentially put herself into a situation where she may never be able to like, I mean, when we say the word catastrophic, the potential of something being catastrophic, that is not being, that is, that's not being like overly dramatic. Yeah. That's legitimate. Like, I mean, she could have been paralyzed. She could have been, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's has the rest of her life ahead of her. Is that worth it in this moment to meet some person where they want to be, where they feel like you need to give, you need to show like this sense of strength that like is required by us to take you seriously. Like, I think it's honestly, in my opinion, stronger of her to advocate for herself in that moment than whatever any naysayer out there wants to say. Like, do you know, (laughs) I've never been an Olympic athlete. I've never even been kind of close to being an Olympic athlete. So to come out and of the woodwork and be like, Oh, that's weak. Oh, you're being selfish. Well, good for her for being selfish. If it's, if, if that's, what's considered selfish, then all day, every day, baby, because in that moment, she knows herself and how she performs better than any other person on the planet earth. A hundred percent. And like, it's just like, I think of like what you were saying, my dogs are now just, everyone is just so into this topic today. I'm glad. Um, just knows it's just perfect timing. Always. I like, I think about like the reflection I've had to be able to do about myself too, where like one of the, one of the things that like, and I struggle with this, it's a part of imposter syndrome for me mm-hmm. is I struggle with this need to be liked. Yep. I still do too, actually. It's Ugh. But like, now that I understand that this need, this need to be like, is coming from my anxiety, Mm -hmm. it's coming from, uh, it's coming from something that like is much deeper than just this desire to be liked, because here's, here's the part that is like always fascinating for me to kind of like sit and like dissect for myself. I actually don't want people. I actually don't want people all to like me because if everyone likes me, it means I'm being a kiss ass. I just Mm -hmm. want to be clear. If every single person likes me, it means I'm not standing up for the things that I I believe in it. And it, it means, means you're I'm, not being you. Right. It, that It's hundred percent being fake. Mm-hmm. And like, I sometimes can feel myself where I'm like, am I being fake? Like I have to like ask myself if, I, if I'm being real, am I being true to how I feel? And like, it's not perfect on social media. You're never going to get a full glimpse into who I am, no matter what. It's just, right. it's just the reality of it. But I, I have this thing where I just constantly am worried about what are people thinking? Do people like me? Do they, do they want to be around me? Do they think I'm cool? Do they think I'm this? And that is fed by an anxiety, like by an anxiousness where like, gosh, like listen to how silly this is. It's not silly, but listen, like when I say it out loud to how silly this is, I, the Friday of big 10 media days, got up that morning, got some work done, went to Big Ten Media Days for four hours because I had a flight, 
left for the airplane, airplane, left for the airplane, <laughs> left for the airport, got on the plane, got home and did a little bit more work when I got home. But because that day did not mirror what, a, what like a quote unquote normal day for me would look like. And I felt like I was missing things. Like I wasn't being something for someone because I wasn't available. Like I had been in any other day. Mm-hmm. I spent the rest of my evening asking myself if people were mad at me or if I was like disappointing people, despite the fact that I had not only worked a full day, but I'd also traveled and done all this other stuff. I stressed myself out for an entire evening and most of my weekend thinking that I had somehow failed because I was doing my job, but my job just looked different that day. Mm -hmm. And that is like what your mental health does to you is it just consumes you to a degree where anyone else hearing that is, would be like, wait, hold up. You worked all day. day. You didn't do anything wrong. But me, I'm like, I, I, I I failed. I completely Mm -hmm. failed. And for me, (laughs) that's a, that like, honestly is a perfect like description of anxiety. Like the, the conversation that happens in your brain, like for me, and this is, this is how it used to be. It's not like this anymore, but I had to do a lot of goddamn work to get here a lot. And I still have to do every day, every single day. I have to work at this because sometimes it just happens. I'm, I can be very reactive as a person. One example, (laughs) and a lot of people who listen to this podcast know the story that I'm going to reference Robin Washit, quote unquote, was on Nick Baugh's radio show one time. And I called the wrong person. Mm. It should have, it to everyone else that was listening was hilarious. On my way home, I bawled and then like was pissed, like angry at how badly I, I, I just assumed I was going to get fired. I was the worst person on earth. I was so angry with myself because of a simple misdial. I beat myself up for like a month after that happened. I felt like a failure because of a misdial. And it was something that was funny and, and brought a lot of people joy, but I was so mad at myself because I was embarrassed. The actual feeling there is embarrassment, not anger, but every single feeling I had aside from happiness, I masked with anger because then no one can, no one can see me being vulnerable. Then happiness is different. Like that's joyful, but any other emotion I felt was anger because then I, then no one needed, it was my armor. No one had to know who I actually was. But no one ever saw the anger in a professional setting, but that's, that's right. how that day went for me. I was so, I was so embarrassed, but looking back on that now, I laugh about it a lot. And it's actually one of my favorite bits that happened when I was in radio, but it, it was, I was really, really, really hard on myself, like really hard on myself. And that's the thing where you think of like, when I saw people making the comments about Simone Biles, and I, mm-hmm. I think of this with you, like one no, like, at least from my perspective, like no one, no one should look at you and go, how dare you do this thing? Most people look at it and be like, Oh, that, that was a, that was a thing that it just happened. It was yeah. funny or whatever, but like the amount of people who have like, and this is why it's important when you look at like quote unquote celebrities mm-hmm. to extend them the grace that you would show people that like, you know, them as anyone else, because 
I've seen people who are like, Simone did this for the attention. And I'm sorry, what attention is she looking for? I understand some people believe any attention is good attention, but that's Mm -hmm. not the case. Um, What, what benefit is she receiving from this to, to choose to pull out of everything and then ultimately be able to do the beam, which is amazing. And I'm so happy for her. And I hope that I hope her earning bronze in the beam, it, I hope it's not like a confidence. Yeah. I hope she, I hope she feels, I hope it helps just that confidence. And as she's Mm -hmm. working through the twisties that it helps her sort of. Did I see a quote, right? That the reason that she did that was, it's kind of like, you have to get back up and do it in order to get over things sometimes. And then I don't mean get over, but like work through them. I, did I see a quote somewhere that that's why she decided to go ahead with beam? I haven't I totally seen, incorrect? no, I, I, I've, so fair warning for everyone. I've been trying, like I have allowed spoilers because like I wake up uh-huh. in the morning and I see them, but I also then don't go seek out a ton of information on it. So that that evening when I'm watching it live, I get to like experience it. So like outside of knowing she chose to compete and then knowing when I woke up that she won bronze, that is like the extent of my knowledge at this point, because I'm like excited to watch it. So like, I just want to be clear. I am so illy prepared for like what (laughs) has been discussed with her because like I've seen like tweets and I just tried to scroll by them. So yeah, I am like the worst person to ask right now because I'm living in my like bubble land of like, got to watch the Olympic coverage in prime time, even though I know what's happening. I don't know. I don't know why I am this way. Just, I am this way. <laughs> I, th- I think that it had something to do with that. I could be wrong. I was like scrolling through stuff earlier, but I think that I had heard on the news this morning while I was getting ready that that was part in part why she decided to, you know, compete and- in that event. But and also, if you're, you're if you're somebody trying to understand why maybe beam over vault, mm-hmm. uh, uneven bars or floor, think about what she does on beam versus those other three. The other three are requiring a lot of flips in big, big tumbling passes. They're requiring things that are easily easy for you to get lost. And I'm terrified of the beam because I'm like, how they all don't just fall off and get hurt. Like that's just a personal thing. It was always the the scariest one to me personally. Um, but it is also not requiring quite, it's still a high, high level of skill, like very, very difficult, but I'm just saying it's a different type of skill that's required for beam. Like you're talking a different level of balance. You're talking about, um, maybe less of those big, big tumbling passes. Cause you're not doing that on beam, but more control, more of that, like smaller focused balance in that moment. I'm not explaining somebody is a gymnast out there and it's like, you're doing a terrible job explaining this. And you know what? You're right. You're right. I am. But I did see some people explaining why this might have been in, been the event that made more sense for her to return on because Because there's only one, one thing that you're twisting in. And that's the dismount is what I read too. Yes. So I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but there, there is plenty of people far smarter than me that have explained um, why this is an event that made sense for her to feel more comfortable on. And I'm very excited to listen to Nastia Lukin uh, speak about it because she is like the absolute, like, like I love her. So again, just, if you need me, I will just be watching everything in (laughs) prime time. Like I had no idea what happened. A quote from Simone Biles after she meddled was my mental and physical health is above all medals that I could ever win via the guardian. 
So to be clear to do beam, which I didn't think I was going to be just meant the world to be back out there. And I wasn't expecting to walk away with the metal. I was just going out there doing this for me. And, you know, I will, I will leave it with this for this week, because I feel like we can do five but, episodes on mental we, health. Yes. And <laughs> we, we, we will keep talking about this because I think in, I think if nothing else in this last year, so the, the mind your own podcast is getting very close to being one mm. year in. And in mm-hmm. this year we have, we have lived through a pandemic that we are not out of. Um, we have watched athletes at the collegiate level receive the ability to earn a profit off of their name image likeness we're just seeing more and more control of athletes like take we've seen athletes taking more and more control for themselves and speaking up and being willing to speak up and share what they're going through beyond just being this shiny example because I just wanted to point this out it is absolutely free to be compassionate being kind Mm -hmm. is not hard um and I hate even saying his name on this podcast because somebody out there, like their little like ring is going to go up and they're going to come and like find us and whatever. But Charlie Kirk, who is just trash, um, <laughs> he called Simone selfish and ashamed to our country. I, if that is the, if that is what you, if that is what you took away from that, I'm sorry, but screw yourself, go to hell. Like literally shoot yourself into space Um, because you are being, you are being a keyboard warrior. You are being this, like, if, if you feel so sure of yourself on this, go do it then. I saw a really good TikTok where I will have to go find it where the person was like, um, what it seems like she has done is opened up the door for, oh no, 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 no. I know who it was. It was Taylor Wolf. She's the daily Tay on Instagram and she's hilarious, but she was like, yeah, I've been seeing all these people. And uh, all I'm going to say is it seems like you have found yourself an opportunity. It seems like you have shown that this is your door. You now with Simone out, you can now walk into the Olympics and mm. do it yourself. So please be my guest, go and do it. So if you are, if that is your thing is that if she is selfish and she should feel bad, This seems like an opportunity for you Mm -hmm. to go and be that leader for the country that you believe that needs to be. So please, by all means, show us all how it's done, because I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have even a fraction of the strength that that young woman has. She is going to change the world and it does not take you any. Honestly, responses like that come from scared people, scared people, people of quality do not fear equality and that is just a bullshit answer on his part. And there are too many people who agreed with him. And if that is how you feel, you need to do some self-reflection and then also go and start training for the Olympics because I want to see you out there so I can tell you how you are. And and by the way, um, this Olympics, instead of four years of training, you only have three. So have fun. So get after it. I can't (laughs) wait to see how you do. And I cannot wait to tell you that you suck. Yeah. But... Simone is absolutely not selfish. She is not ashamed to this country. If nothing else, she has made me so proud to be, to be from the United States. She has shown a strength. She has continued a conversation that young black athletes are having on college campuses all across this country. And she has continued to show alongside women like 
Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams and other athletes like LeBron James and even Kevin Luck, uh, Kevin Love, Andrew Luck, Michael Phelps, like everyone who has continued to have Simone Manuel, like the people who have had these conversations, they're changing. They're changing sports. This is not making the game the sp- anything that you enjoy watching any less enjoyable. In fact, it is just it is allowing our athletes to be human and to fully experience everything and not to be subjected to just what we feel we need to feel good about ourselves. At the end of the day, this will make us all better. And Simone will go down in history as not only one of the most decorated gymnasts in the world, but she's going to go down in history as being one of the most impactful. And anybody who speaks up against that is in my opinion, afraid of her power. Afraid of her power and also maybe afraid of their own demons. Ooh, no, that's true. Um, Because that's a reflection of like, maybe there's something that we can all take a moment and reflect for ourselves. For sure. I do want to add one thing before we wrap up this up today. If you're struggling at all um, and you are needing resources or just want to start to have a conversation, um, please email us or send us a DM on Twitter. I'm at Sasha72. She's at Aaron Sorensen. You can reach us via email at mindyourownpodcast.hillvarsity.com. But I do want to state too that like conversations like these are important, but also like, please, please, please know that you're never alone. There's always someone you can reach out to. There's always someone that will be willing to have a conversation if you're struggling. And anytime you look at somebody and you think everything in their life looks perfect or everything is going well, just know that we all have our things too. And um, yeah, you're never, ever alone. And please, like Sasha said, reach out if you need, even if you just need somebody to listen, but we can Mm -hmm. also put you in touch with resources if you're looking for them and don't know where to begin. Um, we are more than happy to help, um, help you find what you're looking for because you're not alone. And sometimes just knowing that is a step in a step in a direction that you couldn't have ever imagined. Um, absolutely just for the better, like you deserve to live a very happy, full life, but understanding that not every day is going to be like that, but Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not alone on this journey. We're all in it together. Oh, I just have to say Simone Biles is the goat. Every, every gymnast on those teams, uh, the gym, the stories of the United States gymnasts this year have been just absolutely phenomenal. I am just absolutely moved by them, moved by so many of the athletes. Uh, I never feel more patriotic than when the Olympics come. So, uh, I, I will miss, I will miss the Olympics for this, but let me just put one last reminder. They do not compete just every four years. They're competing all the time. You don't have to stop supporting these athletes just because the Olympics end. So go find the competitions to watch, support them when they're on TV, show up when they come near you. If you can get tickets, because that is how we keep growing these sports and supporting the athletes within them and giving them the power to speak up about things like this. So my one little plug. Yes. Well, as always, we appreciate you. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday. Who knows? Every week I think like, oh, here's what we're going to talk about. And then something happens. So 
who knows what will come up in the next week. But the one thing that will always remain true is Simone Biles is the goat. Sasha, you're the goat. You're the goat. You're the goat. We'll be back in a week. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you then. Bye. A Huda Media Production.